0: then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to, to normal. normal. Yeah. And I say, <laughs> I mean, like the flu vaccine, that's 8% effective. That's I catch if, the I flu. A, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken up because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaven. You're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu. Food. And you're going to tell me that this new—and they can't sue—you can't sue them for this mm-hmm. without going through the Vare's court, which is a joke— And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested brand new rush through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal. Good luck with that. i tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off a thousand dollars per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here
1: found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in China, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians and Tibetan Buddhists, particularly 95% of um, the victims of Falun Gong petitioners to be state mandated hospitals concentration camps death camps military facilities uh, military facilities run by the chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest ranking officials of the chinese communist party to create a illegal sanctions forced organ harvesting business hey what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the truth defender podcast I am your host, Paul Aguilar, and we are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, straight out of the heart of the Lone Star State. Dallas, Texas, really appreciate you guys stopping in. If you guys are watching us on YouTube uh, and you aren't subscribers, please make sure that y'all subscribe and hit that bell icon as well. Um, Also hit that thumbs up button as well. That would really, really, really help us out. If you guys are on the go, you guys can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at Truth Defender Podcast. Uh, If you guys want to follow us on social media, you guys can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I'll have all the links down below in the description. Um, We also have a Discord as well if you guys want to join up on that. Uh, If you guys have any questions or comments for myself or our guests guests or topic recommendations, you guys can email us at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Like I said, we really appreciate you guys stopping in. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys were aware. We've kind of been missing in action for about a month or so. Um, That was because I was actually in the ICU for about a week or so, uh, end of November, dealing with some health issues and stuff. Um, But we finally got that sorted out, uh, came back. Needed to get everything kind of back up and running, got back to work, got back to school. Um, had to kind of reschedule everybody that I had lined up as well. Uh, I promise we'll be getting all that sorted out. January, we're gonna be kind of packed with shows and everything, so that'll be good. Um, just wanna let you guys know what was going on there because you guys hadn't seen us. I hadn't been putting anything out. So uh, end of November, midway through December up until now, we've kind of been like out of action. So um, back up and running now. And our first guest coming back here for round two as well is the host of Microaggressions with Charlie Robinson as well as the host of the Union of the Unwanted. Uh, he's also author of The Octopus of Global Control, which was a great book. I highly recommend that one as well. And Amazon number one bestselling book, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. Mr. Charlie Robinson, how are you doing, sir?
0: I'm good man thanks for having me back i like i like our talks we get we get weird you know we get into the we get into the stuff that we get into the good stuff you know that everyone wants to talk about but are afraid to talk about it in public you and i we don't seem to care we'll do it on camera we'll we'll put it out there to the world and, and so i i I value our uh our conversations and I'm glad to uh to do it again with you Oh, yeah. I really appreciate you coming
1: back on. Um, like I mentioned, I actually picked up your book um, as soon as it came out. So I have it right here. Like two days after you, it was out, I think I had it in my hands and, and I was ready. Nice. So You
0: got it before I did. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> <was good>. yeah. <laughs> you did. There you go. I ordered a bunch of them, you know, because we, uh, and and I was waiting for the delivery. And then I'm seeing on Twitter, all these people like, got my book, got my book. I'm like, you got it before me. You know, yeah. I'm like, does the cover look all right? Does the art, they're like, oh, it looks good. I'm like, all right, good because. Because I can't change it now. You know, I was hoping <laughs> to get mine early. And uh, anyway, so I'm glad you got the book. Thank you for supporting uh, our work. And that was, of course, uh, Jeff Berwick, yeah. my co-author on that. He's the uh, founder of the Dollar Vigilante in and in Anarchapulco and And you know, he's a he's a wild dude. And uh, and I love him. <laughs> I mean that in the in the best way. He's the type of guy that when when people criticize him for he's the founder of Anarchapulco too, which is the largest anarchist convention in the world. Um, a really great, uh, a really great conference that happens, uh, in February, uh, this, this year, this coming year, 2021, it'll be in March, but it's normally February in Acapulco, Mexico. Ron Paul has been a speaker multiple times. I've seen him, uh, David Ike, Cynthia McCain. I mean, it's, it's an all-star lineup every year, but Berwick's this guy that people will say to him, Oh, well, you like anarchy so much? Why don't you move to Somalia? Why don't you go to Somalia and check it out? So he goes to Somalia yeah. <laughs> with Luke Rudowski, and yeah. they, yeah. you know, to to see what's going on. If people say, "Well, you know, Jeff, you're always talking about hyperinflation, but you've never actually lived through it," he's like, "You're right. I'll go to Venezuela." So he goes to Venezuela with Luke, of course, yeah. and they experience hyperinflation. What that was like, and 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 and, and you know, and and he is on a boat in the caribbean on vacation and he's the guy that bribes the boat captain to pull into epstein Uh, island's dock uh, and let him and luke out so they can run around on the island and film themselves for 45 minutes so he's a maniac he is a certified maniac (laughs) but when you write a book with a guy like that you get this really unique perspective on the world um you as a as he's a Canadian who lives in Mexico. He runs a multi million dollar operation. He's an anarchist. He was buying Bitcoin at three dollars. He's he's looking at different information than most of us are, and coming up with different conclusions. And he's more objective on the role of the United States in the in the future of the United States than I could ever be as an American who who lives in America and has my whole life. I've been fortunate enough to travel all around the world. And I, and I really appreciate that, that, you know, being able to do that, but I am an American. And so when we write a book about the controlled demolition of the American empire, I take no pleasure in my analysis of it. I would prefer that our, our, you know, synopsis of the book was everything's great and getting better go America. I (laughs) I wish I could write that, but, but we, we can't, we couldn't do it. And so I'm in. I'm in it. I'm in the middle of it, uh, doing podcasts and writing books. And, and And Berwick is on the outside looking in, and he's picking he's picking different things apart. And we use his you know his financial background is important. His anarchist background is important. And and together, I think we I think we put it in a, uh, put the book together in a way that is logical and measured. And 254 footnotes in it, so it's backed up with with evidence of what we're saying. Because some of the things we're saying are, you know, even though it's measured, it's still crazy. You know, when you write a sent when you when you put a, a bullet point in there that says that, talking about a guy that that is arrested for collecting rainwater on his own property in Oregon, you have to put a footnote there because. To show that article so people can read it, it because otherwise they'll think that you're lying to them because it's so preposterous. And so w- it was imperative of us to to come at this book with, um, you know, I said to Jeff early on, you are kind of a loose cannon and you talk about all kinds of crazy stuff and people will be... <clears throat> enthusiastically looking to take you down if you misspeak in this book. So when we put stuff in there, we're gonna to have to back it up. We're gonna to have to document it. We're gonna to have to, you know, keep it, you know, keep the hyperbole to a to a minimum here and keep it fact based. And that's what we did. And even with all of that, even with toning it down and only talking about the things that we could absolutely prove, it's still an outrageous book. You'll read it and go, I, I just had lunch with a guy actually um yesterday who who was uh who saw my presentation at Dollar Vigilante Forum and he reached out to me and we happened to live in the same town and we went and had lunch and he had read the book and he's like, I know he goes, I know a lot about these topics. And I and he said in half of the stuff in this book I had never heard of before. It was beyond, you know, it just was it was new to me. So I think that it's interesting, you know, I think it'll be a good. Uh, a good book for people to read, even if they think they have a lot of this, even if they think they know most of this stuff. And, and, and to be fair, they probably do, but we took it to a different level. We went is we went deeper than, than normal and um, tied it all up together in a way that I think makes sense. So, so for those that are, you know, that like these topics and, and, and listen, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you like these topics. I mean, the book kind of lays out the the previous history of empires and how they went through their very predictable cycle and where we are on that cycle. And we're at the last stage by all accounts, yeah. it's undeniable. And then we talk about sort of the recent history of things over the last 30 years the the policies that set these like, that lit like a 30 year fuse on blowing up this, this uh, empire. And then we talk about uh where we're going from here so so it's it's a little bit of a it's a bit of a hit ancient history it's a bit of recent history and it's a it's a little bit about the future too
1: yeah it's i' i mean I'm pretty much done with it already it's like i mentioned i was i was kind of sitting in the hospital i had it when I was in the hospital as well I was reading through it, but a lot of time on my hands there but it was it was um like you said if if you read through and you have no idea of what you're reading through or like have any idea what these topics are about or that they even exist you would think that you were reading some kind of like crazy novel or something that somebody yeah. made up right it's just but yeah. these are the things that actually happened and and people like you guys lay out like how it started and how it kind of wound through and where it ended up and put all everything together so it was a really great book it's like i said i'm i'm already done with it so it's i can highly recommend it like to anybody out there that wants it you need to
0: read this book it's great so <laughs> well it's funny because we the, the story behind it was that we started it in the summer of 2018 and um didn't wind up releasing it until the friday before the elections 2020 right. uh now my biggest complaint was that we didn't release it sooner i really wanted to put it out in february at at the last at the 2020 in arcapulco but it wasn't done yet. And Jeff was still working on some things and tinkering with it and trying to run an Arcapulco and he didn't have the time. And so that kind of, that deadline, it was just the deadline for me. I just thought it would be a good time to release it. That came and went and I was bummed out. I was like, man, it would have been so good to to do it here at this, at at an Arcapulco in front of all these people, they would totally get it. And then the COVID situation hit three weeks later. And I was like, Whoa. And we were like, hang on, we've got to like pump the brakes and take a couple months and see how this thing plays out, and that's what happened. We waited until about August, yeah. and I I said to Jeff, "I've seen enough." What about you? And he said, "I've yeah, I've seen enough too. Let's let's go." So we just <laughs> both started writing, put that together, and then went and infused it throughout the whole book. So the book took two and a half years to write, but but there was a period in there where we were intentionally not writing it, just to, you know because we knew that the Corona situation. Was going to have major impacts on everything. We knew it was going to, you <clears throat> know, it was going to be extremely relevant to the book. So, yeah. we 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 took that time. We released it. Um, we released it that Friday before the elections, and on Tuesday of election day this year, became a number one bestseller on Amazon, which is crazy to me and 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 ironic because. <laughs> if you buy this book and you read this book i promise you you'll never vote in another election again and so for it to happen on election day is somehow perfect um and i think also that when you're talking about the end of an empire it's um it's a lot easier for people to understand that as a possibility now as opposed to in february of this year they would have it would have been a little bit more uh complicated for them to go they'd say you know well i yeah i guess we could we could see the end of it but i don't know (laughs) but after what we've gone through in 2020 when you're talking about the end they're like oh yeah oh it's coming for sure like i'm surprised it hasn't happened already so so we were we were sort of like on the one hand waiting for the corona situation to play itself out and on the other hand make needing to make sure that we got the book out before everything did collapse you know so because you don't you never really know exactly when that will be so and. in in order to kind of paint this picture of um of of where we currently are in this in this empire we had to start off with the history of it and and we looked at at the roman empire as an example because most people know about that they maybe don't know all the details but They know that it was a massive empire and militarily they were expanding way further than they should. They were racking up tremendous amounts of debt, trying to keep this in in play. Uh, They were doing a thing called coin clipping, which is taking silver and gold coins and cutting little pie slice Cuts out of all the edges of it, collecting all those pieces together, melting them down, and making new coins out of it. so they were debasing their own currency, like the way the Federal Reserve does. Right. They had bread and circuses of the of the you know, the Coliseum and all of that we 've got netflix you know we 've got all these other distractions that. Um, the, the, there was no trust in, in their government, but they were getting distracted by the, the, by the government. So they didn't really recognize it all. You know, there were some people that did, but the vast majority of people were being blinded by that. So, so they were distracted to what was actually going on. Uh, there was very little trust in their version of the media and obviously our, our version. So we're seeing a lot of similarities between the end of our empire and the end of their empire. And one of the common threads, uh, is that the people that are living inside that empire due to the propaganda that is being used against them they're always the last people to realize it's coming to an end everybody else Mm -hmm. on the outside can see it crystal clear it's why people that that don't live in the united states can see america a little bit differently uh, a little bit more honestly than than us americans can because we're being influenced by the propaganda on some levels, you know, I mean, we try yeah. to not be, and we we're we're pretty good at at, at recognizing it. And we know about the Smith Munt modernization act of 2012, which legalized propaganda yeah. inside the United States to be used on Americans. So, you know, we understand that there's propaganda here, but, but much like the Romans, they just didn't, they didn't ever think the party was going to end. And, yeah. and the historians are like, the signs were everywhere <laughs> why didn't you see it like no sympathy for you man it was crystal clear this was happening you guys were willfully ignorant well that's kind of how we are we're 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 willfully ignorant that that the situation that we're in uh, we believe is going to last forever, there's no evidence to suggest that this empire sh- should or will last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we seem to think that j- we're printing trillions of dollars and that there's there's no price to be paid just because our currency hasn't hyperinflated yesterday or today. We mistakenly assume it won't hyperinflate tomorrow. At some point it will. Yeah. You know. So there's all these things that we're in denial about. And- We've got to get real honest with ourselves about our current situation, uh, who we have allowed to be in control of us, and what, and and you know, and where we're headed. Because if we don't have this conversation, then a lot of people are going to be blindsided by this. And so, you know, Berwick and I put this out because we're feeling like if we have this information in our heads, or in our on our podcasts, or in our in his uh, financial news uh, services newsletters that he sends out. To his you know thousands and thousands of paying customers for that, if we have this information and we don't get it out to the to the public and warn them like we're kind of dicks if you know what I mean so, <laughs> so we felt like a, almost like a, a we wanted to write the book let me be clear we we yeah. really wanted to write it, but we also felt a duty and an obligation to do it because um, this information can change somebody's life it can put them a, it, it can make them realize what's coming their way and then move a couple steps to the right so that you don't get hit head on by it. I and mean, we're all going to go through a real, a real transformation. It's going to be pretty horrible, but there's, there's also the possibility of opportunities that things are going to change and new things are going to open up. So it's like, Jeff's a, a crypto guy, you know? And so those guys are partying these days. Oh, yeah. Well, Jeff's partying every day, but, but, but he, these, you know, the, there's opportunities there for people, so uh and you'll go to Narcopulco and you'll meet you know you'll meet Bitcoin multimillionaires there that are like, "Dude, I just bought this shit like years ago, and next thing you know, I've got a jet, and you're like, that's awesome, I mean, good for you yeah. so um so where where we're currently going through it's like we're trying to ring these alarm bells we're trying to talk about it as much as we can to to get people to be aware of it so that they can modify their behavior and their, and change their decision-making so that they don't get, walk into a trap or get hit, you know, have their life savings inflated away or stolen from the banks. I mean, like, you know, if you you got through the financial part of the book, it's like, we talk about how, like, when you put your money in the bank account, it's no longer your money. It's yeah. property of the banks and you're an unsecured creditor. Like you don't, you don't know that nobody knew. I didn't know that until like, four years ago. (laughs) And I had bank accounts, you know, my whole life. Like I thought that was my money and, and you have access to it, but it is the bank's money. So it's like things like that are, are, are nice little pieces of information to have, because you may consider a different option for your, where you hold your money and considering what we've seen with the behavior of banks, big banks, little banks, the government, the government's restrictions and things like that, like, I don't know that I would be feeling super comfortable with having all of my money in a bank bank, right now. Yeah.
1: Look at Greece, uh, all that, uh, you know, that's probably like the biggest most recent example. I mean, happened to Greece, you had people lined up by the thousands waiting to take the money out of the bank. A lot of them couldn't, a lot of them didn't have any kind of money anymore. They couldn't access their accounts, but yeah, I mean, shit's hitting the fan here lately. I mean, it's been hitting the fan for a long time, but this year, obviously more than others, it's, covid is here and then the election things that's going on with this whole election fraud and this stupid covid relief bill that you know oh god president trump just vetoed today and i mean you have things like money our money taxpayer money going to egypt i think 1.3 billion sudan 700 million ukraine 450 million like pakistan was getting like 25 million i think it was and And then you have these other things like um, Pakistan where they're getting $10 million for like gender study programs or something like that. Like why the shit would you need to send other countries money? And then you're giving Americans $600. Like what the hell is that going to do? Especially for people that have small businesses, restaurants, you know, things like that. People that need the money. And you have a lot of, a lot of people here in the States now that, they're starving, they don't have jobs, they can't pay rent, and you're sending a ridiculous amount of money to other you know to other countries
0: you're prioritizing bribing other countries over taking care of your own people. The government hates us it, it it's <laughs> undeniable they hate our guts they 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 think that this whole governing thing would work way better if there weren't all these people and they don't like us they have no respect for us and frankly i mean let's be let's be real honest have you been in a walmart lately I, it it's easy to lose respect for us we need to do better we need to be a little bit more you know we need to get our shit together in a real way and take some responsibility for our our actions and our behavior and our diets and our mental health and what we watch on TV and the you know we're allowing ourselves to be really dumbed down and that and we need to take responsibility for that. But let me be clear. My my biggest complaint is with the government, the way they behave, the media, big pharma, all these big you know the military uh, complex and and all of that. My my major focus of my rage is directed at them, but it would be insincere and incomplete of me to not also recognize that we ourselves have to be responsible for our own behavior, uh, and, and improve that because we're, we're acting in a way that, that is giving the government and the elite's a reason to not respect us. Like a lot of people don't respect themselves. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're in a, a little rascal scooter going around the Walmart, 200 pounds overweight with a mask on wanting to lecture me about health, Yep. you know? So this is insanity. And, and we see a lot of that. And so like, there's part of me that is like, look, I understand where these elites, and I hate really using that word, but I mean, that's the, the that's a term we understand. These elites view us with such contempt, but every now and then I catch myself going, well, I kind of understand, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a portion of us that don't deserve much respect based on their behavior right now. Uh, And of course, and I, I'm not, I'm not actually thinking that, you know, I might be annoyed with those people, but the elites want those people removed from the planet they want all of us you know removed <laughs> from the planet they talk openly about depopulation so it's like to me when i'm pointing this out i'm just being a dick you know saying like you need to get your shit together <laughs> you know and, and and being kind of frustrated with with the with the sheeple people no. but they actually want to take the additional step of like doing something about them and and so so we have to be aware of that and when you talk about depopulation agendas to, to the average person, you're, you're going to get crazy looks, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to just be like tinfoil hat, you know, I mean, all that stuff, but it's, it's a real thing. And we get into a little bit of that in the book. Um I, I mean, it's, they, they write about this. They talk about this. They give presentations about this. They want to depopulate us. It sounds crazy, I acknowledge that. But just because it sounds crazy doesn't mean it isn't true. And these people are eugenicists. There is a, there is a science behind this. And there's some very devious people that spend a lot of their time and money working on stuff like this. Bill Gates is one of them. But let me remind people that Jeffrey Epstein was financing this stuff too. He gave a $30 million grant to Martin Nowak at Harvard to start the evolutionary biology department, which is studying the game game theory on, uh, populations to see how they react when certain, uh, external forces are introduced. How they how do we, you know, what does that do to the population size? Does it make them fearful? To... Epstein put $30 million into this program because these scientists want to know how to, how to cull the herd, and, how, and what our behaviors will be when they introduce variables into, the popul- into society, like a coronavirus. And so you know, guys like Bill Gates, they didn't just wake up one day and decide to do this. I mean, this is, comes from a long history. His family is deep into eugenics. His, his dad took over, for, took over Planned Parenthood for <laughs> Margaret Sanger, you know, yeah. who was the founder of it. And now, and now Bill Gates is doing the, these things. And, and he's part of this plan. He's part of this project. He's buddies with Epstein as well. So, so it's, it's there's a lot to our current situation. There's a lot to what we've been living through in, in 2020. There's lots of this depopulation, but it's really hard to unpack that for somebody in a casual conversation. You know, it requires like a more detailed explanation for it, which is why it's it's good for podcasts like this where we can sort of really get into it but if i'm trying to interact with with somebody quickly in like 90 seconds i yeah. can't go into the backstory mm-hmm. of like who bill gates is and who his family is and what it all means and what you know but if i could that person would have a much different potentially would have a much different perspective on on the news that on on, on bill gates than they get from the mainstream media but it's like we're in this world where you're on social media and you can't do you can't yeah. do that long form argument you know it's so everything's three sentences and it doesn't it just doesn't work for it so we're in a really uh, uh, interesting time when it comes to communicating our message to people it it we know it sounds crazy right off the bat yep. <laughs> so we're trying to make it sound less crazy but um but that's that's kind of where we are right now
1: yeah it's kind of rough when you talk about trying to relay that kind of information other people sometimes i'll sit on twitter and i see things that i want to respond to and i just kind of sit there for like a minute or two just thinking about do i want to do the back and forth all night today because i know something's going to happen where someone's going to say something and then i'll have information for that but then somebody else jumps in and then more people jump in and i just Like, I'll just sit there and I'm just like, do I really want to do this right now? It's exhausting. Do I have time to do this right now? And usually it's like one o'clock in the morning when I find these things. And I'm just like, I got to get up for work in like four hours. (laughs) Do I want to do this right now? Maybe I'll wait till tomorrow. And it's, it's, you know, like in a way you can't, like, I don't blame them for not knowing, right? Because they don't know. But even when they don't know and you present it to them, they willfully don't want to know right yes. they don't even want to look into it for any reason <clears throat> like I said it's just that that reaction like like that knee-jerk reaction where it's just like do a fucking tinfoil hat and yeah. like you're fucking crazy like you know that's just that's what I run into a lot obviously but um and it's just like I'll sit there and just like you know what I shouldn't have done this <laughs> so I just leave it alone and just feel like you know what just do whatever you're doing man it, you know like it works for you and, you know, like, we that's like what you mentioned about the elites, that's what they pretty much bank on, right, that these people aren't going to know any better, don't want to know any better, and they'll just stick their head in the sand, and they use those people, they convince them that people like us should be gotten rid of, and then, you know, which is great for them, because after we're gone, who's going who's gonna to be here to protect the rest of them, you know, like all the people that don't know. So, you know, for them, it works out perfectly, um, but I mean, it's... Yeah, it's exhausting. Sometimes I want to do it. Sometimes I do, but other times I just I just sit there and I'll start typing something out, and then I'll just sit there and read it for a little bit, and I'm just like, you know what? Nah, I just start to delete everything and just move on. It's just not. Yeah.
0: Worth it. <laughs> yeah, I, I made the mistake of well, and I didn't really make a mistake. I knew I was stirring up a hornet's nest. I was on Rex Chapman's mm. Twitter feed and made a comment about the you know, he was talking about like, isn't it? Isn't it great that they these people are giving up these vaccines so that uh, the, the black community can be first and everything? You know, I was like, no, it's not. It's not compassionate. It's ridiculous. You're first I mean, the history of what has been done to the black community to begin with is like Tuskegee, uh, Guatemalan syphilis commun- experiments, uh, you know, the horrifying shit has been done, uh, not, not just to the black community, but the black and Brown people have yeah. been, have been treated so poorly. And it's like, I, I, and I, I said, yeah, it's compassionate to give them a rush to market a uh, gene editing vaccine that hasn't been tested yet for a virus with a ninety nine point seven four percent survival rate uh, from a vaccine industry that's paid out four point two billion dollars to settle damage claims, even though they have protection from getting lawsuits. You know, it's like, and I just, I just waited, just like bring it. I mean, and then it just the hate, man. It just came like rain on me, like hailing on me. Like you conspiracy. I hope you die. Fuck you. You don't know anything. And it's like, I said, and my response to all of them was like, be the first in line, dummy, get the vaccine first. You need it. Go do it. Bye-bye. So I'm losing my patience with these people because it's like, if you want to have, if you say to me, I, um, I don't know anything about the vaccine situation one way or the other would fill me in on it. I'll be happy to do it you know, I've done, I've, I've got it in both books. I've got sections on it. I've done podcasts on it. I've, we've had group podcasts on it with uh, Dr. Scott Jensen and, 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 and uh, Dr. Brian Hooker, you know, I mean, we I, all the time I'll, I'll, I'll explain as much as I can about the vaccine industry and the history of it and where the, but if you are going to reflexively call me a conspiracy theorist because I question the vaccine industry, then I'm not going to waste my time trying to explain it to you. You can just be confident in your own ignorance and be the first in line to get the vaccine. But I don't want to hear any complaints from you when it goes wrong. You were warned. You chose to say, I know it all because I saw CNN and, and and Anderson, if there was a problem with vaccines, Anderson Cooper would have told me about it. Rachel Maddow would have told me about it. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. Because if they talk to you about vaccines, the president of Merck is in Jeff Zucker's office the next day threatening to pull a billion dollars worth of advertising from him. So he's never gonna talk about that. And so you mistakenly think that you know, you, you mistakenly think that that if there really was a, a, a downside to the vaccines, you would have heard about it on your nightly news. You make that assumption. And since you haven't heard the downside of it on your nightly news, you assume it's, there isn't one right. and, and there is, but there, the media is incentivized because of the ad money that big pharma spends to never talk about it because if they do that ad money goes away. So, so when I try to have a, you know, if I, if someone wants to know the information about the vaccine industry, I'd be happy to tell them, but if someone wants to argue with me about it, when they've done none of the research, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm just, I'm just finding myself saying like, I have to prioritize my time and my energy and my words for people that are interested in hearing it, you know, and I'm not trying to say, I know everything. I I, I don't know everything. I've done enough of this stuff to be able to fill in a lot of the pieces and and to get most of it out there. And some people will fill in the gaps that I miss, but enough to give you a a decent understanding of like what we're facing with the media and with big pharma. And like, that's important. These are important conversations to have. Nobody wants to have it. Nobody wants to have the discussion. I mean, are you finding that?
1: Yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, We discuss the vaccine every. I mean, not too much. I mean, it's so like I have a group of people that I mostly speak with here that we're kind of on the same page as far as like my media family, right? But um, when it comes to like people on the outside, they've known me for years. They already know kind of what I'm about, but they. I have a lot of people that are wait. They can't wait to get the vaccine um and it's it's sad it's a lot of people that i know that you I know mean, I, I grew up with and they have kids and they just can't wait to get it you know for their kids as well and it's just like yeah i just they just don't want to hear it and even though i've been screaming things since i mean i've been this this guy since like 2001 <laughs> so you know <laughs> like they know they know what's been you know what's been going this whole time, and they just they're just like, all right, well, you know, there goes Paul. He's all about this freaking conspiracy stuff again. It's like, hey, man, this is this is regarding your health, and you'd be safer actually getting COVID than you know actually taking the vaccine. Yeah, um, you'd be a lot sure. safer, you know. And it's, I mean, <clears throat> it's as far as like the news, you know, you you were saying it's I, mean, I never heard anything about the, the Moderna. um, report that you know actually went to the fda talking about the 13 people that died 16 from the vaccine seven from the placebo as well um you know i didn't hear that like anywhere in the news right but you have to actually read the fda report to find out you know all these things now granted they were older people and stuff you know they didn't die until like later on after freaking dose one or some of them died after the second dose but you know the fact that they died because of the vaccine you know it's just like that you would never hear about that anywhere and nobody knows about it and even when i send them information like that they're just like well would you get this from the news was like yeah well don't you believe in the news like well i don't believe everything they say on the news well you were just telling me that it didn't say anything on the news and you believe that but then i'm telling you this you know isn't on there and you still don't believe me so like what's what's the big deal and it's just it's just too much like mental gymnastics to get through (laughs) it's not worth it yeah
0: I have some friends uh like that I grew up with that are that are interested that listen to my show and are interested. I have some friends that um think that I'm overdoing it or you know i'm a bit i'm a bit much and i can i get that I get passionate about it I get fired up i mean yeah. You know, I understand now why Alex Jones is screaming all the time, <laughs> you I, know, I feel from doing my podcast, you know, I'm like, I, I get it, you know, cause you start to get on a, like on a tangent and start ranting like a lunatic. And so, you know, part of, part of like this process for me over the last 15 years or so has been figuring out how to have those conversations with people, you mm-hmm. know, I, what the best, way is. And and it's it's not to say that you can you can have the conversation with everybody, but you know, it's I've learned that if you if you change your approach and make it so that when you're if there's somebody in your family that you want to talk to this stuff about, you want to sort of approach them about it. Rather than doing it how I've done it in the past, which is start verbally vomiting all over them you know all of this information just like a fire hose right in their face um don't do that because people don't respond well to it they just put a, a they just instinctively like just back away and just sort of check out right. but if you ask if you frame it in the way of like asking them a question like hey man help me help me figure this out i'm trying to figure this out why are people getting this vaccine for a virus with a survive with a 99.74% survival rate and a median death age of 80? Why would, why are they doing, doesn't this seem like not a big problem? And then have them go, I I didn't know that, you know, and you go, oh yeah, you didn't know. Oh yeah. That's the survival rate. Like, where'd you get that from? What's well, from the CDC?
1: Yeah.
0: And, and, and so like that, when you create like a, a, a dialogue instead of a monologue, it works a lot better. So I'm just putting that out there to people that are watching or listening that are thinking like, I want to have these conversations with my friends and family, but I don't want to come up, come off as unhinged. And I don't want to get like shut down or anything. Well, I, I mean, I can't say that you, you won't get shut down, but I will say that you have a much better chance of getting through to them if you make it a questioning and answering session where it's both parties participating instead of just being the one person that's gonna rain massive amounts of information on their brain. Um, it doesn't, it, it, you've got it in your head, but there's, there's a strategy to it. Yeah. Where you yeah. don't, so that you don't look crazy. And I say this as somebody who has, who brought up nine eleven at Thanksgiving dinner, in front <laughs> of my in laws, and watched them just fucking hate on me. Yeah. And and what was even worse was that I it, this was like two thousand six, I think, and I didn't have my argument put together really well, so I didn't, you know what I mean. So it was like, it was the absolute worst way. <laughs> to present that information you could possibly imagine. But what I got out of that, what I learned learned from bombing in front of my family um, on Thanksgiving dinner is that um, they didn't see me as a a valuable source of information. They didn't see me as like a professional or an expert in the topic of 9-11 or structural or engineering or any of those things, terrorism, you know. But, but there were people that they did think were experts on, on things like that. People like, you know, George Bush or, uh, you know, uh, Anderson Cooper or Tom Brokaw or whatever, these news people. So what I did when I wrote my octopus book was I went out and I found all of, you know, all of these topics that I was writing about. I would punctuate it with quotes from these people. So, and they would be like recognizable, like the Clintons and Bushes and Obamas and, and things like that. I would put these quotes in there and you'd be forced to read it. And you'd be like, I had no idea that person said that. And it's like, oh yeah. If you knew that they said that, would that change your mind about this particular event? And it'd be like, well, yeah. I mean, so, so what I found was that they didn't view me as a, as a, as a, expert source but they viewed some of these other people so i just gathered up all their words and put it in the book and so there's seven that's the the first book that you mentioned the octopus of global control there's 700 quotes in there from uh 500 different people that sort of paint this picture and and so that's that was um that was one way that i was able to to get through to you know to to people was to Was to bring in these other voices. So when you're trying to get, when you're trying to have these conversations with your friends and family, and they're looking at you like you're not an expert on this, why are you telling me this, (laughs) Um, my book is a good resource that you can give to them, because then it's not you saying it, it's me saying it, but it's also all of these other, these 500 other people talking about this. So, like, as an example, you want to talk to your friends and family about the New World Order. And you know that when you bring that up, they're going to like roll their eyes and tinfoil hat and do all that stuff to you. But what they want, but what they don't know is that George H.W. Bush talked about the New World Order over 200 times during his four years in office as president on mm-hmm. camera and in public and the queen has talked about it and the Pope has talked about it. And John Kerry talks about it. And Tony Blair talks about, and, and I can put together 17 references in a row of all these people talking about this new world order. So right then it's like, okay, this is a real thing. This is not us tinfoil hat people making up a term and calling them this we're reporting on them calling themselves this that's why we're writing it and so that sort of that helps to to get people to break through to people when they can see other people actually talking about these events too in quotes that they would you know how would they ever know that somebody said this but it's like they said it this is where they say like Henry Kissinger saying you know I think that we should uh, eliminate half of the population, you know, reduce the population of the the planet by half, you know? And it's like, when when you say, well, Henry Kissinger is a, is a eugenicist who wants, you know, wants, is running a depopulation agenda. People get the fuck out of here with that. You're like, here's his quote. Would you like to see him on camera saying this? Yeah. You know? So it's like, oh, okay. Well, well, maybe you're not crazy. So that's, (laughs) that's kind of how I I had to, I had to Learn how to have these conversations with people, from tripping on my own dick and embarrassing myself, and and, and figuring it out. So I'll uh, you can spare yourself the humiliation of having to go through <laughs> what I went through, um and and just take my word for it. So uh, and if you want to take it the additional step and of, of getting the book and sending it to people in your uh in your family, uh that might not be a bad idea either because it, it, I, I laid it out in a way that makes a whole lot of sense, but also is, is kind of funny too. You know, it's, it's yeah. punctuated. I mean, let's face it. If you've read the book, you know, it's, it's heavy duty shit. Yeah. So you've got to put like humor in there. So I got Carlin quotes and Joe Rogan quotes and Joe Rogan talking about DMT equals mushrooms times a million plus aliens. You know, I mean, yeah. I, all these crazy things that I, that I found. So it's, it's a, it's a heavy book for people and it'll, it'll get, it'll get them into the, uh, you know, get them like a a couple different colored conspiracy belts, you know, if you <laughs> want to do the conspiracy black belt analogy. Uh, And it'll, it'll probably crack them up in the, in the process because we got to laugh, man. We got to laugh, Paul, at the, at the insanity of, of, of what we're experiencing. I mean, it's serious. And like you and I get like, we can geek out on this stuff for, for hours, but we also have to recognize like how insane everything has gotten and that it is, it is, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. In a way. I mean, it it would be funnier if people weren't actually getting hurt or getting their having their lives uh, (laughs) destroyed. But like we keep catching governors out at dinners without masks in massive groups of people after literally hours earlier telling people not to do that. We've got to admit that's kind of funny. I mean, it's shitty and it's and it's just government personified. But it's also humorous because you're like, of course you're doing that. Of course you fucking assholes are doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's 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 been the it's been the worst year and also the kind of the 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 craziest, funniest, weirdest year ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have those issues when I, you know, talk about like the medical stuff. And obviously I'm not a doctor, so I get a lot of well, did you go to medical school? Are you a doctor? It's just like, no, yeah. but but a lot of the people that go to medical school don't know this stuff either. So what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you right. don't know, you know, so I guarantee you every single doctor that went to medical school has no idea how a vaccine is made, what goes into it, what's in it. You know, they just, they get paid to like issue them out. So that's, that's all they know. Right. Um, so it's, it's like,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I yeah get I, I'm, I'm, you, I'm not a doctor either. Yeah, I'm not, I, I've, I've had that same criticism. But that doesn't mean that the information isn't correct too. I mean, you, it's not just you, it's not that you have to be a doctor in order to for this information to be correct. It's in fact being a doctor kind of puts you in a in a, a position where you're forced to ignore it. I mean, the, the, the pediatricians are sort of forced to ignore the fact that vaccines may be responsible for part of the autism epidemic. They don't want to even believe it because to understand it and to know it is to then question their 25 year career as a pediatrician and knowing that they were a part of it. And like what sort of guilt, what sort of psychological ramifications does that mean for them? you know um and do they break away from now that they know that do they change their practice and not do it i mean and then like there's social pressure for these doctors i mean look the the vaccine situation is 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 real and and big pharma got immunity from from the government in 1986 because their products were so dangerous yeah and so it it this is, you could, you can say you're not a doctor, but it's like, do I need to be a doctor to know that? I I don't think that, I don't think I need any special credentials to understand how this works. When you have blanket immunity from lawsuits, your product quality suffers as a result, because there's no incentive to keep the product quality up, especially when you start mandating that people buy 78 doses of your product every, you know, or, or you can't, or your kid can't get into school. Yeah. So I don't need to be a doctor to understand how fuckery works in big pharma. In fact, I think I'm probably in a better position to understand it because I don't have any financial ties to it. I don't have anything influencing me. I didn't go through Rockefeller funded medical schools and get indoctrinated and get big pharma propaganda in my head for, for eight years of medical school. Yeah. So maybe I'm in a better position to understand it because I'm more objective. It's, it's there, it's happening. These, these vaccine manufacturing companies are all convicted felons, all of them. They have been convicted in courts of felonies from fraud and, and, and pay, bribery Man. to price fixing to faking test results. They've paid over $100 billion collectively to settle fines for this. These are criminals running big pharma, literal criminals, convicted felons. And, and people don't know that. And so they think that if you, if you talk about this, the dangers of vaccines, that you're an unhinged conspiracy theorist. But they don't know any of that stuff that I just talked about, about the history of the industry itself and how dirty it is, and how these regulatory agencies like the CDC own 50-plus patents on the vaccines that they're supposed to be watchdogging. And they make $5 billion a year in revenue, the CDC does, from the patents that they own on the vaccines that they're creating the schedule for. This is a problem that people can recognize if they're made aware of it but they're never made aware of it. So when we start talking about this, it's usually the first time they're hearing it. And when it's the first time you hear anything negative about this industry, you just sort of assume that it must not be true. So that's kind of why sometimes we have a hard time getting through to people. Cause a lot of people view big pharma as like the saviors of, of health. What they don't realize is that the American medical inst- industry is the third leading cause of death in America. Yeah. They don't know that. Mm. And if they knew it and they knew the history of big pharma, they would be more suspicious when a rush to market vaccine came flying out of nowhere that has an immunity clause where they can't be sued if anything goes wrong with you. Yep. Like if you have that information and you still want to get the vaccine okay on you. I,
1: yeah having I mean, that 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 clause i think was like in february uh health and human services secretary alex czar i think invoked that uh public readiness and emergency preparedness act is what it was um so that uh, that that provides legal protection to like companies that distribute critical medical supplies and stuff like that like like vaccines and stuff and that's not going to be over until 2024 i think so you know they were covering their ass. You know, obviously, and it's, of course, you know, and uh, like if anybody wants to figure out like how this all started, you can go back to the 1912, I think, with the Flexner report. You can go ahead and read that as well. Um, that'll get you on the path to the Rockefellers and all that stuff, you know, changing the whole medical system around. When now all these doctors that did like holistic and homeopathy and stuff like that, which was the original medicine. You now all those people now are listed as quacks. You know, obviously, but that was. It's not alternative medicine, that was the original medicine. The alternative medicine is what we have now, obviously, with all these fucking chemicals and shit. But yes, it's it's
0: it's ridiculous. It's and and for people that are trying to figure out why the Rockefellers got in the medical industry, it's because they were always in the oil business. And petroleum is used to make these synthetic medicines. Right. Uh, and so it was just another industry that could that they could sell. Petroleum too. And, and, and also it's, and make a lot of money at the same time. So they, the Rockefeller family and foundation, they, they're the ones that created the big pharma industry and really brought that up. So just, just for people to get kind of an overview, if you know how evil the Rockefellers are, just know that they're the ones that started the big pharma industry. Yeah. So, and financed all of the medical schools to give them a, a very specific, a, a, you're only allowed to talk and deal with this sort of medicine in, within these little guidelines here. Anything outside of that, anything holistic, natural, anything that can't be patented, that's quackery and, and, and witch doctor voodoo nonsense. Yeah. Um, so that's the narrative. And so you go through medical school and you get that only that one slice of what medicine is, that it's only taking pills, it's managing, you know, it's treating symptoms and, and keeping people on this treadmill of, of medications forever. Um, and, and that's, that's the medical industry, you know, and, 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 and that's because the Rockefeller's founded that. So they're you know, their fingerprints are on a lot of this stuff. And and that's, and, and but once again, n- nobody's taught that in school, nobody learns that, in, you know, you don't learn that in school. You don't learn that in college. If you put that on your, on a, on a paper in college, they'll, they'll, they'll mark you wrong for it. You know, more than likely they'll just say, well, this, is, this is unproven. It's, it's not unproven. The Rockefellers did all this stuff, but so it, it's just, it's just uh trying to educate people to where we are with regard to to the the this the vaccine, which is you know the the hot topic of 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 the day of you know it, it, it's it's so important to give people the backstory to to really understand why we're so opposed to this vaccine um and 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 real and for people to realize that this isn't conspiracy theory, this is conspiracy analysis. This yeah. is these are actual conspiracies that have been going on for a long, long time. In, with the with the way big pharma operates in their relationship with CDC and the FDA and these agencies that that are supposed to be watchdogs, but the people are shuffling from one place to the other over and over again, and nothing is really getting you know, uh, overseen. So it, it's just, it's so important for people to know this history of it, but how, how do we have that conversation? And, you know, how, how do you do that in, in a short conversation with someone? You can't. So it's like, we're, so we're forced to watch our friends just kind of go, you know, you see them online. Like you said, your friends getting the shots and everything, like I'm going to get them for my kids and you're just like, yeah. I want to, but like, I can't do it in a minute and a half, man. And and it, it takes an hour and a half and you're not going to want that. I can tell you're too far down the line. So it's like, bye-bye. I'm sorry. Yeah. can't save everybody. I've
1: gotten to that point where it's just, it's unfortunate, but you just, you just let them go. And it's just like, there's, I just, you just can't save some people that they just don't yeah. want to see. Right. So I I just, I see a lot of people like that and I just don't, I'm just like you're already set in your way and I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm sorry like but it's you're just gone. That's that's it. You're yeah. just gone, you know, and it's it sucks especially I know a lot of people that like that are like in my family that with like the whole vaccine stuff, you know, with their kids and stuff and and I try and I try and it's like for years I've tried and nothing. So I just like well it's all you now and you know do what you do whatever and it's yeah. And I just that's it like no I I get shit from my son. So my son's never been vaccinated or anything, but, um, but because I took the time to actually read inserts and read information and see other people that had issues with their kids and just terrible stories of like kids dying and kids having seizures and just all kinds of crazy shit that I don't didn't want to risk, you know, like it's not a guarantee that it's going to happen, but I don't
0: want to take that chance. And I just, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> it. It's a cost benefit analysis, yeah. you know, what what am I preventing? So like in the case of this, this as an example, this coronavirus situation, it's like, OK, so you're, you're OK, whatever, whatever the risk is that we, we assign a risk to the, the, the new vaccine, whatever that is. The problem that it is there to fix is a problem with a ninety nine point seven four percent survival rate on the most compromised people and a 99.97 I think percent survival rate for the normal people.
1: Right.
0: So w- what problem are we fixing? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a problem to me. That sounds like if if I'm in a poker hand and I have a 99.97% chance of winning the hand, I'm going to win the hand, yeah. you know. I I, I I'm not thinking that I'm going to lose that hand. So why are we thinking that everybody's going to die from this? This doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's incongruent with logic. And I feel like sometimes when you point that out to people, like you, you ask them the question and you just say, I would like you to please use some logic and figure this out.
1: Yeah.
0: They go, oh, okay. Well, sh- it doesn't make any sense. It does- You're right. It doesn't make any sense. And you go, okay. that's the first step for you is acknowledging that that sometimes the stuff you see on tv is doesn't make any sense and it is it is an overt lie (laughs) and so you know I, i i just i don't know i i i'm trying different methods to appeal to people with regard to this vaccine some methods are you know nice and compassionate and it will long explanation. Some methods, sometimes I just go, you get the vaccine then dummy. I, yeah. can, I come unhinged, you know, do that. It, but in the end, I mean, I think I want what you want, which is I want informed consent. I want, I want people to have the ability to choose to investigate these, these vaccines and then make up their own mind. Yep. about it. Uh, to the best of their, I don't want people forced to do this. Yeah, That's this is- no, no bueno. And I don't want people shamed into doing this either. I want people to be allowed to, to, to say, I read the information and I came up with a different answer than, than the vast majority of people, but I'm comfortable in my decision. That's what I want people to do. Just don't take my word for it. Read the information, look into it and, 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 and just play the numbers out and see what, what are you trading in. You're trading the potential from a, a, a rush-to-market experimental vaccine that hasn't even finished its third-stage trial yet, made by a company that is a convicted felon that's paid billions of dollars in fines. You're going to take that and inject it into your body to survive something with a 99.97% survival rate? Are you that bad at math? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Why are you... how? why are you so scared? Why are you scared? Let's, yeah. you know, so it's like, I just want people to snap out of it and not make the assumption that what they're hearing on their, on on their nightly news is the truth, just because Lester Holt is telling you it's the truth, you know, saying it, and, and he, he seems like a decent guy. Like, It's very important that we we not trust these people and we understand that we're getting propagandized to and that that that's legal now and that we're dealing with criminals, literal convicted felons in big pharma. And so it's like (laughs) this is a more honest conversation if we start talking about these people, how they really are. And yet, you know, so. I I just hope people wake up to it and, 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 and think for themselves on it, like examine this information. And then, and then, and then if you, if it, if you still want the vaccine, but you've done the research and you've come to a different conclusion than me, then, then that's fine. I, I, I can't, I can't, you know, I've got my opinions on it, but, but I think that if people are take a more participatory role in their education on this they yeah. they they show a little bit more responsibility for for educating themselves and not just taking the word of of somebody on television you know if you do that if you take the time to research these things and look into it you will find that your understanding of this is very different from the way the mainstream media is presenting it yeah. and it may change the way you it may change your decision on whether or not you want to do it you know
1: yeah and it's 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 even more concerning when you talk about people that are being shamed into you know doing things like i mean that was obviously the plan from the start you know shaming people into wearing masks shaming people to get the vaccine you're terrible if you don't wear a mask you're going to kill the rest of us if you don't get the vaccine you're selfish you know all these things like i see every night on twitter or something on facebook whatever just people's like i see somebody try to say something back like oh you know the vaccines not great you shouldn't get it and then right away there's like hundreds of people that just come back and you're fucking selfish and you're going to yep. kill all your family hope your family dies because you were yep. selfish and didn't get the vaccine right so like these these are these are things that they are seen on the news people aren't coming up you know to these decisions on their own like they're just not you know if there was no news if there was no newspapers or anything and they were just saying you know what there's a vaccine out there people's first responses to other people that didn't want to get it wouldn't be you're fucking selfish or you're going to kill people if you don't get it right they're obviously getting it from somewhere and then you have groups of other people that all believe the same thing and they all attack each other and they're all following each other so they're just kind of stuck in their fucking little bubbles and Mm -hmm. You can't tell them anything. Like even if you come with facts, they just don't care. Well, because it didn't come on the news, like you said, or this doctor didn't say it, or Fauci didn't say he's a piece of shit too. Burks, she's out the door already because she's another one of those people that doesn't abide by her own rules. Um, yep. She's gonna quit or whatever she's gonna do, or she did already. But it's just it's terrible. I mean, I you can't even go to the goddamn Target here where I live without wearing a mask. My son. He's seven years old. He was walking in. I had a mask on just because I wanted to go to the store. And right. I knew they were going to give me shit about it. Yeah. Um, so we walked in and right away, there's this lady standing at the door. It was like over 300 pounds. I'm thinking, um, why are you giving me shit? You're over. <laughs> well, you're going to die for something else. Completely <laughs> different. Even if you catch the virus. Really? Um, but oh, now we, all of a sudden yeah, you're concerned about your, your health? Yeah, it's just like she's like oh you have to wear a, a mask you know your son i was just like really my son's seven years old like he obviously doesn't have the back you know he doesn't have anything you know and even if he were to catch something he's going to be fine if he even catches anything you know but now you can't even go to goddamn target here even walmart they only have like one side open like one door so they can monitor everybody walking in and out make sure they have a mask on you know stuff like that it's just they've they scared everybody like their job is done like they they what they wanted to do everybody's fucking freaked out nobody wants to say anything different because they don't want to get yelled at or they want to get shamed in front of other people and you know that was the plan that was the plan from the start
0: yeah the shaming is is diabolical because you know it's baked into the equation they know they role play these things. I mean, event 201, we, we, I talked about the, you know, the Epstein financing, evolutional stuff. I mean, they're, they're role playing these things. They know that there's a component of this where um, they put the story out and then let the, let the Karens of the world be the enforcement arm. You know, they let them be the brown shirts. They don't have to, they'll let everybody just shame you into doing it. And th- it's really important for people to to have some knowledge of the vaccine industry and the vaccines themselves. Because if you don't have knowledge about that and you get attacked by a million people, you you may be easily swayed. You know, if you don't know, if you don't know enough about it, you may easily be sort of like, oh, I don't I, okay, maybe, and just go along with everybody. Yeah. But if you do know about it, and you, you legit know about, you, you understand who's involved in it, you understand the history of the industry, and what vaccines have, you know, how they've been, uh, how their adverse reactions have been hidden. Uh, how the Veris court works, all these things. If you know that, then, then none of their criticism will bother you. Because it'll just bounce right off of you because you'll be like, listen, you just don't know what I know. I know. I know that this is a dirty industry pushing dirty, shitty medicine on flawed science from bought-off scientists and that their products are killing people. Yeah. I know this. It is a fact. So you can tell me that I'm selfish all you want but I know what's going on. Therefore, your opinion doesn't matter to me as much anymore. So it's easier for you to deflect that criticism when you know the information. But if you sort of half-ass know it, or you're like, well, I heard vaccines are kind of dangerous. And someone's like, well, why? Do you, why?" And you're like, I don't know. Then, uh, then you don't have a good argument. And then they'll turn you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So but if you, so it's, that's why I'm saying it's it's really important to know this stuff because you're going to see increased pressure from the media uh from the the mainstream media overtly direct you know doing that through the normalization of this in television and movies and commercials uh you're gonna it's gonna be it you know this is being normalized so it it's it's very devious we have to Educate ourselves as best we can about this, because if we don't, we will get steamrolled by these people, they have a very dark agenda and vaccines are part of it. And, um, and, and, and it's important to know about this, the vaccines, it's very important to know about that in big pharma, some of these other things like the New World Order fun to know about but not important not as important as your immediate health like big pharma and the vaccine thing impacts you directly in a way that is extremely serious your health and if you are wrong about the vaccine you can never go back it is too late for you so that's why i'm saying like i can geek out about all this shit like like i said like the new world order and hollow earth and who built the moon and, you know, like all these cool topics and everything. And I love it, but like, I I get serious when I get on the, on the big pharma topic because it directly impacts you and your family and all of us as a society too. I mean, even if you and your friends and family are all in, you know, understand it and you, you stay healthy, it's still going to hit a huge percentage of the population. And then, and then there's a cost for that. You know, there's a yeah. societal cost for it. There's a financial cost for it. And so, you know, it matters still, even if, even if we're all aware of it, it's, it, it still is going to be devastating. So, you know, I, I, that's, that's why when we get on the, on the topic of big pharma, it's like, I get passionate about it because, you know, it's, it it's talking about, your health. And when you, and you, as you know, you just were in the ICU, like take your health for granted. But when it, when you're in bad health, there's nothing in the world more important than getting healthy. And so this big pharma topic is, is imperative. It's the conversation that you have to have with your friends and family. You just have to have it because you can't just uh, dance around it because it's going to be like, it's going to, there's going to be a time when you're going to have to make the decision. And, and so these conversations need to be had now, unfortunately, I know they're, I know it's rough, but it's like, they're forcing us to, to have to break the news to them about this, because I don't know about you, man, but I can't like, for my soul, I can't like just not say anything about this. You know, I, I feel like an obligation to, to, to like, warn people about it yeah not in like a trying to terrify them but like just try to gently educate them about it because i feel so like it's it's just it's it's so diabolical what they're doing it's so shitty because they're preying on everybody's trust of the medical industry and and trust the doctors and trust from the media and the president's taking it and this person's taking it and the queen's going to take it and all this stuff and it's like it's all a gigantic sales pitch to lure you in to you
1: it can't even you know? get you can't even get nurses and hospitals to take it you know all those right, they were getting it supposedly getting it like live on tv they were getting freaking syringes that were empty or you know and they, oh well he took the wrong one we're gonna give him another one later and, okay yeah sure and then yeah right that chick that took it and then she fainted on the news so yeah. you know it's just like what the fuck is going on here like even people that are in the medical field don't want to take it you even right. have doctors that don't even give their own kids flu shots or don't give their kids any kind of vaccines because <laughs> they know they, you know they know but they're fine giving it to your kids because they get fucking paid for
0: it, man. It's yeah. ridiculous. And it's, I, I think it's important to, to explain here, the reason why they do this, yeah. the reason why big pharma does this and puts toxins in the vaccine that they inject into kids is to get them sick, to get them chronically sick so that they become a customer, a dependent customer of big pharma for their entire lives. That's the, that's the reason. Okay. Just think about that for a second. Think about what sort of psychopath you have to be to sit in a boardroom and say, you know what? People are going to get sick normally and we'll, we'll provide medicine for them. And and, and that's, that's great. But how can we get, how can (laughs) we get them sick and how can we get them sick earlier and earlier and earlier? How can we keep them sick their entire lives so that they need us for think about the mentality of somebody that has that came up with that? That's big pharma. That's who they are. So knowing that, don't expect these vaccines to come in and save you from anything. Their intention is to keep you sick because a sick person equals money, a healthy person equals no money. It's just Business.
1: Yeah. For people that don't see it, I mean, look at the schedule for for kids' vaccines, how that's jumped over the last 20 years to kids maybe getting one or two vaccines when they're little to now having like 10, 15 vaccines before the age of two years old or you know, whatever it is. And and why is that? I mean, are we getting are we are we finding more freaking diseases or whatever nowadays than there were, you know, way back then? No, I mean. was a lot more obviously back then i mean you would think that us being more civilized now you know we have like all this fucking psychology and stuff that that people would be getting a lot healthier obviously so why would there need to be this inside like this jump in vaccines all of a sudden i mean we, i mean a lot more people are getting polio from the vaccine than there was you know than than there is actual people getting it like out in the wild right so i mean connect the dots you know <laughs> for a lot of people and, they just don't connect the dots that's
0: it you know that's it and and, and when people mentioned polio going yeah. away yeah. there's something Always. that needs to be said about that is that they changed the name of it to yeah. non-flat non-flaccid myelitis which and they rebranded it it didn't go away it just got rebranded and polio was was coming down anyway. I mean, the, the trend was coming down. They credit the vaccine and it's always, it's the one thing you hear all the time. Well, if it wasn't for the vaccine, polio wouldn't have been cured. That's not true. Polio is not cured. It's still out there. It's just under a variety of different names. And, and by the way, it is also in the vaccine that the Gates foundation was giving out in India, which gave (laughs) 496,000 children polio from the polio shot which is the reason why they were thrown out of India. So th- this, and they were, I think they have bought their way back in. That's what I've heard recently, but right. I'm, I'm really not surprised. I don't know that if that's a fact or not, I'll have to, I'll have to dig in, but I heard that and I was like, what? Um, but, but this is, this is important information. You know, it's like important backstory when you, when you hear about, you know, when Bill Gates is saying, well, we're going to do the vaccines and we're going to rush it out and everything. You, you need to also hear additional information, which is the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation gave ha- almost half a million kids polio and they've been asked to leave several countries yeah. because of, of what they're doing through Gavi and, and, and the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, that's just information that people need. If you're going to, if you're going to hear the good stories about Bill Gates that come from the media companies that he funds with grant money, millions and millions of dollars, all documented on his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation website. You can find all of the media organizations that he that they donate money to, and it's hundreds of them. So the good stories you hear about Bill Gates that are all coming from those sources, you need to offset it with some other understanding of bill gates like where his dad was you know what his dad did and 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 what the bill and melinda gates foundation actually is and what their reputation is around the world for it and what they're involved in and and why is bill gates part uh, uh, hanging out with jeffrey epstein and and the and the so these are important these are important conversations to to have you know If, if if someone's going to to really understand what's happening to them. And and the vaccine is becoming a huge component of this because there's this misguided belief that once the vaccine is available, then everything is going to go back to normal. And that's not the case.
1: Why does anybody even... I don't understand why anybody even listens to Bill Gates. He's not even a fucking doctor, right? And it's like he can't even get rid of the viruses in his own software. I'm going to be fucking creating vaccines for yeah. you know, for real well, life. But to
0: be but to be fair and consistent, we did <laughs> also say that we're not doctors and we want people to listen to us. i yeah, I'm not making I'm
1: not I'm not creating vaccines and
0: I'm not creating vaccines either. No, I know to other
1: countries and doing,
0: you know. He's a he's he's th- think about even his software company had played a huge role in with viruses you know i mean his software's buggy and there are viruses that were there he 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 comes from the eugenics family his dad ran planned parenthood this is you know this shapes a person and then and then there's questions about the formation of Microsoft and where they you know in stealing patents and 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 things like this so look there there's there's reason to believe that Bill Gates was placed in this position yeah and and put in a a prominent role you know because there's another there's another guy that's following an almost identical trajectory and that's Mark Zuckerberg notice the parallels in that story both started these transformational software companies from their dorm room in harvard as freshmen with stolen technology they both got seed money from the cia they both got they both have families that have questionable intelligence ties this looks like a cover story for a a, for a cia-backed software program like facebook you know, and, and you see these similarities between Bill Gates and then you've got the other narrative on the, on the West coast, which is you're this company that starts out of a garage like Google and Hewlett Packard and 23andMe and all of these, you know, and so they, they're not even very creative with the, with these cover stories. They're either the freshman guy in in the dorm at Harvard, or they're the garage people in Silicon Valley. Right. And they're all getting money. And then when you trace back the roots of Google, it all leads back to InQtel, which is the venture capital arm of the CIA. So Jeff Bezos now with Amazon taking up those million
1: dollar contracts, multi million dollar contracts with the fucking CIA, NSA, you know, stuff like that. It's just like, come on, man. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the biggest beneficiary of this whole vegan COVID thing is obviously. Amazon, right? Everybody buys shit out through Amazon. Nobody wants to leave their house. I mean, and, I, I did it for the and, whole time also.
0: <laughs> and Bill Gates's, um investment records, his public investment record showed that he loaded up on Amazon, FedEx, and UPS stock before the pandemic.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I went down. So, I mean, of course he knew. Yeah. He was running Event 201, which simulated this thing. So... So plus plus
1: plus that freaking TED talk that he gave back in what 2016 yeah. and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it it's it's so we, we have this frustration of um of people you know calling us conspiracy theorists or whatever they do, um because we will say something like keep your eyes on Bill Gates, that's a guy you 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 shouldn't trust. But yet I can give, I can go on for 15 or 20 minutes about the history of Bill Gates and and that person will, will choose to never hear any of that information. And, and therefore their, their opinion of Bill Gates is totally different. And it's, so it's, it's tough to make that breakthrough, but if, if, if people will just kind of give it a chance, it's like, listen, I didn't just wake up today and decide to think that Bill Gates is a bad guy. <laughs> it's based on some substantial evidence that over a, a very long history that that if you knew it would make you question who this guy is and why he's in charge of the vaccine program in this country. And 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 if you know, you know, because if you know who he really is, you will look at this vaccine program as not a not a savior to humanity, but a eugenics operation a sterilization program and you go well. sterilizations in the vaccine. You're oh, Stop it. You're you're no, no, no. The world health organization, the organization that's running this whole thing was busted, putting sterilants in the tetanus vaccine that they were handing out in Kenya. And they denied that at first, but they later admitted it in court and also added that they had been running the program for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> putting ster- intentionally putting sterilants in the tetanus vaccine in Kenya for 10 years. That's the World Health Organization admitted to doing that. So when I say be careful of Bill Gates in this I I'm not just making it up. I'm not just I, I'm I've got an opinion on this stuff because there's a whole ton of information that you're going to need to hear, uh, because th- th- there's much more going on than, than, than meets the eye. So it, it's, you know, it's sort of like, our I feel like, I, I feel like an obligation to just talk about it, you know, to, to, yeah. to ha- try and, um, I've been told like from my podcast and stuff like the feedback I've got the, the one kind of key uh, adjective has, has been that people have described me as being logical, which I think is cool. I like, I like that. I try to be logical. So I want to try to like break this down. You know, I, I have, I should say it this way. I have to break it down in my head to make it as make it logical so that i can understand it and so that's what i how i try to explain it in like a you know sort of a like a deliberate manner because when you lay out all these these pieces of information it paints a picture of something d- d- totally d- nefarious going on here and um and, you know, th- that, that you need to be aware of so that you don't get your, yourself sterilized, <laughs> maimed, yeah. autoimmune disease. Like this isn't like, oh, I, you know, if you don't have this information, you might lose a little money in the stock market. No, no, no. this is, if you're wrong about this, it's your health forever and you're really in bad shape. So it's like, take the time to, 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 to just kind of look into it and like, like if you hear some of the things I'm talking about, like go look them up and, and see if you can see if you can find information about it, that makes it real to you, you know, because right now it's just some dude talking, (laughs) you know, And, 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 and I'm, you know, you may believe me, uh, I have no reason to lie to people, uh, But, but research it yourself, you know what I mean? Take that. It it becomes, it becomes more tangible to you when you then, when you do a little bit of research and look into it yourself, then you feel like you're participating in this collection of information. And like, then you have like a stake in it sort of. So go look these things up, man, because, and talk to your friends and family, because it's like, it's like, we're like waving our arms and saying like, you've got to hear us. It's it's they're trying to ramp ram this thing through so fast with operation warp speed. It's like, they're doing this for a reason. They don't want us to, to sit around and pontificate about what, what may or may not be in there or, you know, they're going to shame you. They're going to make you seem less patriotic. If you don't do it, they're going to make you seem stupid or anti-science they've got plenty of strategies and tricks to make you feel uh to make you question questioning them so you know it's, (sighs) it's it's imperative that we like wake up and like you know talk about it yeah
1: yeah we don't we don't play that shit out here through through
0: most of texas i mean you got like the the (laughs) i love texas man there's something about texas that i that i really respect you know especially now (laughs) you guys are just like we do it our way and if you don't like it get the fuck out and i respect that you know and i lived in austin for uh, i don't know three or four months uh, and i liked it a whole lot but uh yeah there's something refreshing about texas
1: i used to like austin austin's
0: the next, Austin, San Francisco, Austin, it's, Austin weird. Right? Yeah,
1: way too weird. But I mean, it's it's great, <laughs> right? But it's just everybody that comes from California goes to Austin, so it's yeah. another San Francisco. A lot of homeless people everywhere, and it's just a shithole. It hasn't been anything good since it's been like t- ten years, you know. But um, you know, like like in Dallas, it's a lot of a lot of Democrat stuff. It's like ridiculously liberal. Um, a lot of a lot of money as well. Austin, Houston, like the big cities, right? But um, out here, we're we like on the lake. It's it's all Republican stuff and like extremely conservative, which is great. And mm-hmm. A lot of people carrying a lot of weapons, so we don't <laughs> we don't play around. It's yeah, it's you know, it's stuff like that. But I mean, I don't know. I I guess as we kind of wind down here, it's it's. I guess I can. I want to see if you have any words of wisdom for everybody, maybe things that we should be looking out for towards the end of the year and what you're kind of keeping an eye on for next year as well. Um, you know, just, yeah. just things on the radar we should be looking out for.
0: Yeah, I would, um, you know, I would, uh, unfortunately I would keep an eye on the banking system. I would be, uh, um, <clears throat> better to be, uh, uh you know, uh, a month early on getting your, money out of there than a day late you know it's one of those things yeah. and you'll always seem a bit crazy when you do that in advance you know you take your money out of the bank and everyone's like you look what, are you crazy <laughs> and you're like i know it sounds seems just I, I don't want to talk about it but it it could be a, a really wise move for people yeah. to to do that we're watching them push you know the for the removal of cash we're seeing that uh, lately uh, demonizing it as oh coronavirus lives on dollar bills it's like just stop <laughs> you know just um and 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 you know so be aware of the you know the banking situation um i don't know be nice to try to be as nice as you can to people i mean it, it, i have to keep reminding myself that because it's like everybody we're all on edge and you know we're all stressed out and people don't know if they have jobs or or you know their mental health is is i mean so i have to like i have to check myself sometimes because i i you know i get so frustrated but i'm like i yeah okay these are npcs they don't know what they don't know i'm not gonna you know I'm not going to engage and get myself all riled up. So I I'm saying that it's much as a suggestion for everybody as I am as a suggestion for myself as well. sort of to try and reinforce the fact that like, we all need to like chill out and not, not freak out on people. I mean, and realize that social media isn't real life. Um, and, and, you know, just, um, just keep your eyes open, you know, and 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 listen to what the mainstream media is saying. Not I'm not saying believe it, obviously, but I'm saying hear what they're saying because it's important to listen to what they're saying to know at least what's not true, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, and, and and try and figure out what the truth really is because um, you know we're in a we're in a situation where we're very dependent on, on very few companies for our information. And, um, and that's dangerous because yeah. we don't know what those companies want. Uh, and we, we're we pretty sure it's not good for us, you know? <laughs> so, so let's, uh, you know, just be wary of that. And, um, and, uh, and, and we'll make it through, you know, this, this stuff, even when, you know, this controlled demolition, Book that we write we we write about opportunities in, in the uh in the aftermath too, and that you know some of this stuff that we talk about going away needs to go away you know it's not good it's not good for our our country or our our society so there's gonna be some changes and and it's gonna be you know it's gonna be rough but um but but I think it's fair to say that we we need to make some changes it's just uh it's just making sure that the people that are in charge of those changes are the right people yeah. you know and, and, and not the wrong ones,
1: yeah, like you said, everybody that's uh you know, all this stuff's going to happen there 's going to be opportunities on the other side, so I mean if you 're not an- entre- an entrepreneur, you better figure out a way to do it because there's going to be a lot of issues you're going to need a lot of solutions as well, so you want to be on the forefront of that, um, like my side we 're already making moves here to not be reliant on a job or like a paycheck from somebody else, so we have a lot of things coming up here um, hopefully next year everything kind of picks up off the ground. Um, so that's going to be fun. Hopefully that kicks off the way we want it to as well. But um, yeah, so I mean, number one best selling on Amazon as well of uh, Control demolition of the American empire, as well as the octopus of global control, which is another great book that I would highly recommend um, macroaggressions as well as a podcast. Where can we find um, that
0: podcast? You can find it on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Rockfin, YouTube, and David Icke's video platform, Iconic. Awesome. Yeah. I
1: saw that um, episode you had with him on there as well. That was great. Yeah. 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 We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. it's
0: Yeah. yeah, It's funny. After, after I had David Icke on, my podcast was temporarily number one in the government section of, of Apple. I was like, I took a screenshot on off Chartable and sent it to uh, Jamie Icke oh. and I was like, I got the David Icke effect, man, bumped me to number one. I mean, it either bumps you to number one or it gets you deplatformed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so I was I was pretty I was pretty happy with that. But that's David Icke for you, you know. I mean, uh, that's a dude who's just um he lays it. I like him. Maybe I get some of my style from him. And I, I look at David Icke as being a very logical guy who just talks about things in a in a matter-of-fact way that that seemed to make makes a lot of sense when when he when he explains it. So uh, if people are, uh, interested, you know, you, for, with my podcast, macroaggressions, check it out and you can, and watch the David Icke interview. Um, because we, we, we went into a variety of topics, man. It was wild. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he's a
0: good, he's a good dude. Yeah. I appreciate him a lot. And I appreciate him giving me a channel on, yeah. on iconic too, because it's like David Ike was a huge inspiration to me. And, uh, and then to have that association is like, a is a big deal to me, it, you know, because I have a, a lot of respect for him, which I think, I think most people in this universe um, do. I think they they realize that he he was dude. He wrote a book called "The Biggest Secret" about Ted Heath being a notorious pedophile, child murderer, satanic motherfucker, and then he autographed the book and sent it to Ted Heath. <laughs> Shit. that's david ike man uh-huh. he's a savage shit. <laughs> you know i mean i love that that's yeah. awesome so yeah. so to have like to to have any association even you know is a bit it, I, i'm i'm humbled by it i think it's cool and i think the interview was well went, went really well because we talked about all kinds of shit including almost lizard people too so mm-hmm. if people want to see it we like we got all we got pretty close to it yeah so. yeah Uh, It's always (laughs) interesting.
1: That was a great one. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, But definitely everybody check out the podcast as well. You can find them on Twitter as well under microaggressions, macroaggressions with Charlie Robinson as well. Um, For us, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, make sure, like we said, y'all hit that subscribe button. If you aren't already subscribed, um, you can catch us as well on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We'll have everything linked down below as far as Twitter and Instagram. um, And our Discord as well. Um, you can also email us at thetruthdefenders1776 at gmail.com. Um, we'll be taking a break, obviously, for the holidays. Everybody stay safe out there and enjoy Christmas. And if Merry Christmas offends you, well, fuck you. Merry Christmas. Um, and we'll be having um, your friend, Bishop Gators. going to be coming back on as well in January. Uh, we'll have Eric Gajewski from Tradcat Night and la marzulli as well um we're still trying to work out uh, rescheduling our podcast with um steve Quayle. um he was supposed to come on last month as well but we had to redo some things so that's in the works as well so everybody uh, stay tuned for that just want to give a big shout out to everybody that picked this up in poland uh, singapore uh we have some new listeners in france and malaysia as well so we really appreciate you guys stopping in and listening to the podcast Um, Like I said, everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Everybody stay safe out there. Stay blessed and stay frosty.